Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. You know, we have been going through this sermon series on the book of Nehemiah and the person of Nehemiah and looking at the leadership qualities that we can learn from him. From the very beginning, Nehemiah was faced with a dilemma. There was a tremendous amount of work to do, and who was going to do the work? In reality, that's the dilemma for any big project that anybody has. With any new project that we do here at Faith Christian Church, I think we need to ask some questions. One of the questions that we need to ask is, does it fit with our vision? Is this something that we should be doing? Because if it doesn't fit with our vision, we shouldn't do it. The other question is, who's going to participate? Whose needs is this going to meet? But even before we ask those questions, we also need to ask, so who's going to run and be a part of this project and this program? With any project, the most important resource needed is people. And I think that's especially true in the church today. You know, we talked a few minutes ago about Vacation Bible School and about how this past week is probably the biggest Vacation Bible School we've had in this building. It's because of the people that we were able to accomplish that. It was because of a group of people that bound together and worked together hand in hand and provided what was needed for kids. That's how a church should work. One mind with one vision and one heart working together. Harold Shade, some of you will remember that person's name. He was the dean at um, Kent State when Kent State began. He um, attended here at church for a number of years and worked at Allied Machine and Engineering in their HR department. I was meeting with him one day and we were talking about leadership and he said these words, and I wrote them down, and I still have them today. He said this, A boss tells the employees what to do and then stands over them to make sure it's done. But a leader empowers his people to accomplish a task. There are two different models there. Someone that says, do it, and then walks away and somebody else that empowers the people around him, encourages them, and supports them, and stands beside them, and gets their hands dirty with them to do the task. Throughout the pages of Nehemiah in these first couple of chapters that we have looked at, we have seen that Nehemiah overcame several obstacles for this work before it even began. He had to get permission to leave his important job as the cupbearer of the king to even go to Jerusalem and to begin the work. 
He had to get to Jerusalem with safe passage by getting letters from the king to allow him to go to Jerusalem. And last week we talked about how he had to sell the project to the people in Jerusalem and encourage them to do the work. But his greatest challenge, I think, is going to come now. How they're going to do the work and who will do the work. I am convinced that the mark of a great leader is one who can empower those around him to accomplish a task that is bigger than any one person can do. If you want to know, that's my sermon in a nutshell today. So the good news on Father's Day, you can tune me out the rest of the day. Just joking. But that is the truth. The mark of a great leader is somebody who inspires people around them to do something that's bigger than themselves. Nehemiah understood the need to mentor people around him and to empower them to accomplish the vision of rebuilding the wall. He had to encourage the people to feel like they were a part of a bigger project than just themselves. If you remember over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how the people of Jerusalem, they wanted to rebuild the wall. But the problem was, nobody was there to inspire them. Nobody was there to give them a vision. They perished because somebody didn't give them a vision until Nehemiah. He encouraged them that together they could do something great. About 30 years ago, I was doing a master's program at Lincoln Christian University. And one of my classes was in the area of mentoring people. We read an old book called Connecting. It's by Paul Stanley and Robert Clinton. They defined mentoring in this way. Mentoring is a relational experience in which one person empowers another by sharing God-given resources. They go on to say that mentoring is a relational process in which the mentor, who knows or has experienced something, transfers that something, resources, wisdom, information, experience, confidence, insight, relationship, status, etc., to the mentoree at an appropriate time and manner so that it facilitates the development or empowerment. Can I define it in a little bit shorter way? Mentoring gives people the tools and encourages them to accomplish a task that's bigger than themselves. And I believe that is exactly what Nehemiah did as the walls of Jerusalem began to rebuild. If you've been reading through the book of Nehemiah, and I hope that you have, you will recognize that chapter 3 is all about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Now, I've got some good news. We're not going to read the entire chapter 3 of Nehemiah for a couple of reasons. It would take way too long, and I can't pronounce half the names that are in the text. So we're just not going to read it. I encourage you, go home tonight and read those chap- that chapter and look at the people that worked hand-in-hand together. 
But I think there are some things that Nehemiah taught us in chapter 3 that we need to lift up. The first is this. Nehemiah cast a vision for the people. The last two weeks we have shared that passage from Proverbs chapter 29. Where there is no vision, what does it say? People will perish. And in this chapter we begin to read how Nehemiah passed that vision on to the people. And we read that Nehemiah communicated the vision to the Jewish people, a vision that was bigger than any one person. It was bigger than Nehemiah. Nehemiah had to get the king involved. Nehemiah had to get all of the people in the city of Jerusalem involved. And Nehemiah encouraged them to grow and to do something bigger than themselves. I believe that part of Nehemiah's vision that was cast was his ability to influence people into seeing the need and desiring to participate in the work of rebuilding. Nehemiah encouraged them to grasp hold of that vision and make it their own vision. You see, I believe that's one of the keys of mentoring, and that's one of the keys of empowering, is letting people begin to realize this is not just my vision or this group's vision, but this is our vision corporately. My friends, I think in 2023, that's what the church needs today. We need to recognize that corporately, we can do great things. Corporately, if we worked hand in hand together, all of us, we could accomplish so much for this community. We have an opportunity every year with hundreds of kids down at our soccer fields that we can impact and we can reach. We have an opportunity every summer with many kids with challenges at Challenger Baseball and families that are struggling and looking for a place that's going to be accepting of them and loving of them and is going to be including of them. We have an opportunity that if we worked hand in hand and reached them, we could do some great things. But it can't be my vision. It can't be the elder's vision. It has to be our vision. Just like Nehemiah said to the people in Jerusalem. But I think there's another thing that Nehemiah talked about in chapter 3. Nehemiah empowered the people. Now this is what's going to be so interesting to me. As you read through chapter 3 of Nehemiah, you begin to see that people from all different backgrounds, all different abilities, all different um, ethnicities, all different occupations, all different genders, they worked hand in hand to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We even see that Nehemiah was able to crack those church people. I think it's interesting. Chapter, or chapter 3, verse 1, he talks about the high priest getting involved. Now, we know through Bible history, those high priests, oh, they are too good for anything. But not in this. They began to accomplish the work that God had called them to do. 
Nehemiah inspired them. And I think that because Nehemiah inspired them, Nehemiah inspired a lot of other people to begin the work. The Levites, they worked on some of the wall. We read throughout chapter 3, government officials of Jerusalem and even government officials of surrounding areas came together to work at rebuilding the wall. The business community in chapter, or verse 8, they began to rebuild the wall. And even in verse 12, we read of families coming together and working to rebuild the wall. Nehemiah was interested in including everyone in the work to be done. And let me just say, that's how the church has to function today. You know, the old rule was that 20% of the people did 80% of the work. I think in, in post-COVID times, those numbers are all skewed, and it's a much smaller number of people doing the work. Please don't hear me about spanking you or anything like that today. But I want to encourage you. If we could work hand-in-hand, and we could recognize that every one of us have a unique gift, whatever that gift is, to work together. One of the things that I, um, I encouraged Kara and Noah about this week, you know, they put out all of these things on the wall a month or so ago that we needed for Vacation Bible School. They were amazed. Guess what? We got every one of them. Thank you. Good job, guys. I, on our last night, I put my arms around them and I said, you are seeing something today that I have never seen in the life of Faith Christian Church. We had all of our elders here participating on the last night of Vacation Bible School. Some of them dressed up like animals, <laughs> dancing with our kids. Now, I'm not going to show videos, so don't you guys start to worry. I'm not going to show pictures, although they are around. I'll just let you know that. But you know what that meant to our kids? To see the leaders of our church being there for them. When we recognize that we each have gifts to use and we use those gifts, when we empower our people to do that, that's what happens in the life of the church. But I think there's even more than that because I think we need to understand that Nehemiah, he empowered the people and then he got out of their way. He allowed them to build in their differences. The priest, as they built the wall, they spent time consecrating the wall and the gates that they built. Now, the entire project was going to be consecrated at the end. Nehemiah didn't stand there and say, now, that's for me to do later. Nehemiah let them do their work. We read in other places that some people worked with great gusto on building the wall, while others took their time and made sure everything was very precise. We even read that some as they built their section of the wall, when they got done, they went and helped others build their sections 
of the wall. My friends, I think that's what we need to do in the church today. We need to recognize that we can corporately do together, and it's my responsibility as a leader in the church to inspire you and to give you the tools and to give you the opportunities, but then it's also to get out of your way and to let you do it and to recognize that when we work together hand in hand, we can do great things. So Nehemiah, he cast a vision. He empowered them, but he also organized them. Someone had to pull all the people together. Someone had to encourage all the material to be there, and someone had to just be the cheerleader, and that's who Nehemiah was. Nehemiah led the people in doing something that he alone could never do. In fact, Nehemiah led the people in doing something that even the Jewish people alone couldn't do. They needed God's hand and God's inspiration to do it. So let me get practical for just a second. I believe it's imperative that we as a church empower one another to fulfill the mission that God has called us to and the vision of Faith Christian Church. We are called to help people find and follow Jesus. My friends, you know people I will never meet. Invite them. My friends, you have gifts and abilities that I will never have. Partner with us to use those gifts and abilities. My friends, you have resources that you may say, my resource means nothing. But together, our resources can do some great things. And we can accomplish so many great things. So each week, I have given you a key of leadership. Today's key is simply this. I talked about it at the beginning. Empower people for kingdom work. There is so much work to be done for the kingdom of God. There is so much work to be accomplished. But the greatest work that I want to inspire you to do is to unite together. Together, everyone accomplishes more. The old acrostic of team. If we could put that in our minds, Faith Christian Church could change Tuscarawas County. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you <clears throat> for always being there for us. I thank you, Father, that in the midst of struggles and um, heartaches, you are there. I thank you that in the midst of great times, you are there as well. And I encourage this congregation to find their gifts and their abilities and together to work to accomplish more hand in hand. Father, may we be a church that is known for our unity and is also known for our ability to work together. Father, help us not to be a church of dissension 
and strife and arguing, but help us to be a church that works hand in hand to help people find and follow Jesus. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Each and every week, we have the opportunity to come around the Lord's table. Now I'm going to invite our um, servers to go ahead and begin to pass the emblems. These emblems are important emblems. You know, we've talked many times about what they represent and that sort of thing. But I want you to think today about the gift that Jesus gave. When Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he went to the upper room with his disciples. In many ways, it was those few moments in those last few hours of Jesus' life that he was going to empower them to launch the church that he had started. Jesus looked at the disciples, a ragtag group of men, people that didn't fit together, and people in many ways that didn't fit with Christian circles. Some of them were fishermen that probably swore like a sailor. Some of them were, were tax collectors that were known for stealing from everyone around them. They weren't the religious group, but they were the people that Jesus empowered. And they were the people that Jesus encouraged. And Jesus took that bread and he broke it. And he didn't just say, this is what represents my body. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup. He passed it to his disciples saying, once again, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many. As often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, do this in remembrance of me. Church, I want to remind you that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And when we work together, we can accomplish great things.